the name of Lord Jesus Christ, we would like to continue our class on the true meaning of fellowship. So for the past few days, we have been talking about this topic, and we are talking about in fellowship is sharing, right? Just some recap of what we have learned. Fellowship is sharing, but sharing what? What do we share? We're sharing the word of life. This word of life is what we have heard, right? What we see, and also what we touch. This is the three aspects in First John, chapter one, verse one. Everyone faith to grow have to go through these three process. First of all, you have to hear. That's why you have to go to Bible seminar. You have to listen to sermon, right? You have to read your Bible, listen to the Bible. This is what the first step. But that's not enough, right? Secondly, we share what we see. This even your eyewitness. Your eyewitness, something has happened around you. How other people, their life got changed, right? But that's why in the fellowship, you have to always have something to show. Wow, that person, if they go to fellowship, the faith grow. You see it. Right? That's what we share. You hear a testimony. But the third point is, you touch God yourself. Right? You touch God. Because the word of life could be touched, just like Lord Jesus Christ. He showed himself to the disciples and let, him, let them touch him. Especially to Thomas, who was in doubt. So if we touch God, if we experience him, then we will not leave the faith. Today, why so many youth, they have left the church? They have left the church. There are so many factors, so many reasons. But one of the factors is that young people growing up in church, they do not have deep experience with God. They heard about God. They have seen yeah, a lot of activity going on. They have seen other people receive God's grace. But themselves, they have not experienced anything. So it's a male tien. So that's why when temptation comes or when wrong teachings, the world, culture, trends, then they left because they have not touched God. But that's why in our daily life, we have to pray. God, let me touch you. Let me experience you. Let me know that experience that you are there with me. Every single day. Of course, today we cannot be physically touching Jesus. His flesh is not on earth. We cannot touch him. But we can pray that God touch us. Touch our hearts. Just like we touch him. We feel his presence. If every single day you feel God's presence, then you will not easily leave God. So it's a fellowship too. Our goal, if you're running a fellowship, you're leading a fellowship, our goal is to let the youth, let the member experience God in their life. Let's put it down, very important. Through the fellowship, we can all individually or in as a group, we have touched God, we can, we can experience. Oh, God is really working in this fellowship. And then God is really working in the individual life. Wow, your life got changed. Your life got changed. Your problem was solved by God. God opened a way for you. And during our fellowship, when we serve God together, God opened. God worked with us. And then it seems that you have touched God. God is there for you. 
So that is the very important part. So we kind of stop there, and then we would like to talk another aspect of fellowship. Fellowship is not only for us to share among ourselves. A fellowship is for us to manifest or declare the word of life. Let's read First John chapter one verse two. First John chapter one verse two. Let's read together. First John one two and two three. The life was manifest as we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. So these are the meaning of fellowship, to declare the word of God, which was manifest to us. First of all, God manifests to us because this word is very abstract, right? You cannot see, you cannot hear, you cannot touch. But when this word, the word of life manifests in flesh, it becomes physical. Jesus was physical. His teaching was audible. His message is understandable. His deeds is visible. His grace is touchable. So it was manifest to us. Now, through this fellowship that we have with God and with each other, he has said we have to bear witness. We have seen it and we have to bear witness. Of course, you have to see yourself first before you can bear witness, right? If you haven't seen something, can you bear witness? You cannot pass on and say, oh yeah, you talk the whole hour, but people say, have you seen it? I don't know, I haven't, haven't been there. <laughs> then how can you bear witness? Right. So you have seen it first, and then you can bear witness. So this fellowship, the true meaning of fellowship, actually is not only for us to have a good time together, or young people hang out together, or just for mutual edification. Of course, mutual edification is the beginning, Right? But why God wants us to have fellowship together and with Him? The purpose is to declare the eternal life, to declare, declare the word of life which was manifest to us. Just like a church, the whole church actually is a fellowship. The whole true church together. Let's say Vancouver, Burnaby, right? We are one body spiritually. We, we are a fellowship. This is a bigger scale. But our purpose is not only gather here every week and spend one hour here and go home. But our purpose here is to preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. So if you are running a fellowship, you are planning a fellowship, or you are part of the fellowship, don't forget the main purpose of the fellowship. What is it? One of the main goals of the fellowship is to preach the gospel. That is very, very important. If your fellowship don't preach the gospel, if your fellowship don't focus on declaring the word, then you only half feel purpose. Right? You only half feel your purpose. You, you're not doing this job. God wants us this, this fellowship to have. Right? Fellowship is to preach the gospel, just like the church is to preach and share the gospel. And fellowship is the best way to, to preach the gospel. 
还去是最好传福音的方法 ，right？ 最好的。What does it mean? If you don't have fellowship, you only have the word of God, but you don't have sharing this platform. Just like I tell you, you, you tell a truth seeker, let me give you the YouTube link of our Vancouver church. You can watch the same message. You don't even have to come here, right? You can listen to the same message at home, at the comfort of your home. You can watch it for one whole year. But do you think that truth seeker, his faith will grow? Do you think he'll eventually believe in Jesus just by sitting in the house to listen the YouTube channel? The chance is zero. He may be, yeah, it is a good message, yeah, but he will not say, oh, I want to get baptized and join. Why have to come here physically? Why online service is not a fellowship? Online service is not true worship because there's no fellowship factor involved. Online is only one way, just like you watch a movie. You don't go into with sharing. You listen, but you cannot share. You cannot ask questions. You have no interaction. But rem remember how you came to believe in Jesus, especially those of you who were not born in TJC. Remember how you came to this truth, not because the sermon is very good only, right? Only a part of it. Yeah, eventually you understood the sermon. But when you first come to this church, you will not understand much because the sermon is pretty deep. And if you have no Bible background, you sit here, you don't understand anything. But why will you keep coming to the church? Even though at the beginning the prayers scare you, <laughs> at the beginning you don't understand anything much about the basic doctrine. Right? We know doctrine is super important. But doctrine can be very deep and rigid and dry sometimes, right? But why you keep coming? Because there's fellowship here. There's this life. People share each other and you have interaction with the people. And by observing the people in this church, and then you, this related to how you understand the Bible. And then the Bible coming back to your life. And then you share with the people around you. And then you suddenly come to understand God more and more. And eventually you want to be part of this body, right? You want to be part of it. Not only a bystander or a truth seeker or a visitor, but you want to be part of it. So without fellowship, this is impossible to guide a truth seeker to come to believe. So that's why the fellowship, if you put it on a smaller scale, like your campus fellowship, working youth, or builder fellowship, or a young adult fellowship, no matter what kind of fellowship, smaller scale, it is for God to put this responsibility of preaching the gospel, this responsibility to your fellowship. And your fellowship is to bring the group which is similar to your age, your background, your education, right? And then bring them in. 团契是传福音最好的方法。还有 target audience, target group. Let's say if you are, if you, let's say build a fellowship, young, young parents, young parents or, or married youth, right? Okay, then that's mean if you, if you try to invite a person from outside, tell them to come to church, observe the Sabbath day together, they may find it very, not used to it. But you say, oh, we have fellowship activity, you know, and it's one Sunday afternoon, all this, uh, we have picnic together, right? During the picnic, we have a, we have a short sharing, a preacher will 
We'll, we'll, we'll say a prayer, and then we have one, during the eating, we have group activity, and with group activity, a little bit Bible-related, and then they introduce each other, and then they know, oh, wow, the church people are quite nice, and then maybe I should, next time if I come to the church, is less rigid, less embarrassed, because you know the people already. Oh, so this is to uh, prepare to bring in people. So when you plan a fellowship, the idea is, how can this fellowship invite truth seeker to come in? That is the main point. In the year of 1993, when I entered university, that year, I was in Calgary, thank God. I was in Calgary and then we, we had a couple youth studying in the University of Calgary, U of C, we call it. It's me, and another two sisters uh, who are studying the same universities. And then there was another sister from Taiwan also want to come to study music. And there's four of us. So we were thinking, mm, what, what can we do to preach the gospel to fellow students? First of all, we heard that in U.S., another place, or in Taiwan, there's something called Campus Fellowship. So I, I bought some books from our church. Look at, there's one book very good, which is written by preacher Tian Hui Huang in Taiwan. That is his graduation piece, uh, thesis from Taiwan Theological Seminary. Unfortunately, I don't think it's translated in English, but if you... If somebody have time, can translate it. I think it would be very useful. Because officially, in the English world, we don't have any literature, documents about how to run a campus fellowship. We know there should be a campus fellowship, but how to run it, nobody knows. So at the time I bought that book, I read through it and say, wow, you can do so much in campus fellowship. Because in Taiwan, there are a lot of college students, and they all have fellowship. And and they take care of each other and they preach the gospel. And it's so good to have a lot of people in the same university we can share our faith and take care of each other. So I was talking to the other two sisters and then we say, what should we do? Should we start a campus fellowship? They say, yeah, it's a good idea, but how do we do it? Nobody have any idea. Mm, then we say, I, I, I was suggesting, maybe we should just register with the university first, become a club become an official club. I don't, I don't know why I have this idea. But they say, well, in, in order to register as a club, why do you want to register? Well, because if you register as a club in the university, we can rent the hall for free. We'll have a mailbox. <laughs> we'll be listed in the university agenda, the student, student handbook, because they are all those clubs, right? And, and I thought there's a Chinese Christian club they said, why don't we TJC, we form a club there? They said, are you sure you can do this? I said, let's try. Anybody knows how to do it? And they look through the student union bylaw and regulation. And they say, well, in order to register as a club to enjoy all the benefit, we need to have at least 30 people who join, who want to join this club and sign it. They said, we only have three people here, three or four, then how, how do we form a club? They said, no worry, we all get our friends to sign. They just need a signature. They don't need to really come here every, every week to join our fellowship, but they just need the name and student ID. 
Right? And all of us go around and say, hey, just sign it, just sign it for us. Not sign it, just give us a student ID. Say you want to join this club. Well, thank God we all end up getting 30 signatures. And then we register with the student union, say, okay, we form it. We call, what did we call? Mm, okay, we need a name, right? We, sh we should be uplifting the name of Jesus and True Jesus Church. So I picked the name of True Jesus Church Campus Fellowship. That was officially formed in the University of Calgary and it's one of the, um, under the umbrella of student union. Wow, we're so happy. We were passed, we were approved. And we're given one mailbox in the student union. Our name is in the student agenda. And we can rent a hall for free. Any classroom, big or small, you can rent it for free if they're available. You don't even have to pay a penny. Wow, we're so happy. Uh, so there are three of us. So we registered our name to be president, vice president. Actually, the name is not important, right? It's not that for the name. But suddenly our name is in the list of TJC <laughs> Campus Fellowship. And then we were thinking, now, next step, what should we do, right? First of all, the spiritual convocation is coming. At that time, in Calgary, we don't even have a chapel. Every Sabbath day, they gather in my, in my mother's house, my maternity house, in the living room. But we want to rent a place because IA, one of the IA workers are coming there to have us evangelical service. So we said, okay, now, right now we, we can rent a hall for free. So we rented a hall for free for three nights, right? And then, we, and then because we are holding it in the university, so we tell a lot of students to come to join because some of them live in campus, right? They can just walk and come to the, fellow, the evangelical service. And some not live far and some adult, they bring their friend, they come to the university at one of the small, small classroom, theater can sit 100 people. So we hold our evangelical service there but thank god there was there was a lot of truth seeker came in those three nights and in the campus fellowship where we share the gospel and then the next thing we did is every week we ran a room and then we meet there we meet there to study the bible together sometimes we don't know what to share but we just read the bible together and just hang out or have lunch together in the room and when sometimes preacher from Vancouver visit, like a preacher Philemon, you know, preacher Philemon helped help us a lot in those days. He flew it from Toronto or Vancouver. He was assisting us. Uh, even brother Daniel Chu, he used to stay here. When he come here, he also assist us. And then we ran the hall in the fellowship and have discussion and study the Bible together. It was a very memorable period of time. Even though study is stressful, but we always meet up in the campus. Two or three of us starting, but then some other friends join. Some other friends join us. Uh, actually, one of the members from Vancouver actually is through the campus fellowship plus U of C, uh, preached by one of the sisters to her, and then come to our TCC. Maybe you don't know. You know who? Uh, Sister Li Bing. Uh, Sister Living is brought to TJC by uh, Sister Leticia in Calgary during that period of time. And there's another truth seeker also, also joined and then later was baptized in Calgary. Right. So this campus fellowship is actually very wonderful that we meet up in the school and then we, we preach the gospel, we support each other. 
and then, and then we bring the people to the to the Sabbath service. It's become very natural, especially some young people. They are really interested in learning the word of God. Of course, you got God prepare. Everything is God preparation. It's not human effort. So that campus fellowship is really, really edified because we were we were told by the preachers at the time encourage us to preach. So we have to study the basic doctrine. Now our day, our problem is we only study it, but we don't practice it. We don't practice preaching a lot. We only know by theory, right? We remember the verse, but we don't have practical experience how to exchange, how to converse with people about the truth, about the doctrine. So in the basic, in the Bible study, in the fellowship, and then the truth seeker came, we discussed, and then we grow spiritually. So that campus fellowship is very, very wonderful. Later, I graduated. Another two sisters also graduated. So there's a gap that uh, four or five years, there's no, no members there studying in UFC. So I think because we were not active, keep filing and, and all that to the student union, I think we got canceled. <laughs> now, nowadays, the, 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 the organization is not there anymore. Uh, but you can always register if you have enough people, you want to form a club. So right now in U, U, UBC, how many, how many people study in UBC right now? Four? Yeah, if all of you can, under the guidance of the youth coordinator, can register a fellowship or register a club or find a time regularly just to meet up, right? On Simon Fraser, how many, how many students are studying Simon Fraser right now? No one? They all graduate? Just one, right? I know Simon Fraser is very far from UBC, so it's difficult to, to go there to the campus, right? So, but in UBC alone, four or four of you can, can, can start to do something. Just meet up. Maybe you don't have to have a very sophisticated program. Once a week, find a time to meet up. I saw the old picture, right? Simon Fraser used to have a big campus fellowship. How many people were there at that time? Is it Ed? A lot. Andrew, were you one of them in the Simon Fraser at that time? Oh, those, those are earlier days, right? Even earlier. I saw the, even downstairs, one of the pictures. Right? Even I assisted one or two times in UBC or Simon Fraser, I forgot. So fellowship is to preach the gospel. So, or get to know your friend, invite them to join some activity, right? At the beginning, it may be hard for them to come to an evangelical service, but if your fellowship have activity, you invite them to join, Oh, they'll, they'll be happy. They're happy to, 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 to join. Right? Fellowship. Now, sharing is not only among ourselves, but to declare. We have studied, we have studied this already. So fellowship, even though we have activities, right? But we must focus on the word of God most of the time. Right? <laughs> 不能说只是活动, don't do activity for the sake of activity. Any activity you design as a coordinator, program designer, and then participate, our activity should relate somehow to the Word of God. Even if we go outing on the bus, or when we are talking, when we have some activity, Bible-related activity, Bible broad game, Anything related, singing hymns, 
of course not the whole duration right but about him sharing and then do other things right? and, the, and then train each other for prayer and understanding right? sharing about life those are very important now, let's go a little bit practical about how to design fellowship program. How to design fellowship program. Of course, sometimes you can have activities, outdoor activity or indoor activities. But most of the time should be related to studying the word of life. You got to. That's why the coordinator has a very important role to design the program, which is God's word center, identify the growth. Because just like what Preacher Stephen Class said, you have to grow in the knowledge and the grace. Go in the knowledge first. If you do not grow in the knowledge, you will not receive more grace. Right? You have to grow in the knowledge first. If you don't have knowledge, you cannot serve. So growing the knowledge just means focus on God's word. So those are some recommendations. There are three ways of doing it. You can mix these three kind of arrangement in your program. First of all, the first thing is regular Bible studies. Regular chapter by chapter Bible study. This is one of the options, right? Like, okay, every week, if you're in campus fellowship, you make, okay, one chapter a week, we read through it, and then we share, right? That could be done. That is the most effortless in terms of thinking of things to do, or chapter by chapter. But of course, you have to be careful. Don't choose the book which is too deep, chapter by chapter. Don't pick a book too long, too deep, too long, like uh, the book of Job, right? You want to do chapter by chapter. It's very difficult. Because, yeah, the first two chapters, you may have something to share, right? But the rest of the chapter is a different cycle of repeating and debating. So it's difficult. Oh, the book of Daniel, yeah, maybe some chapters have story. But at the end, you have a lot of very deep prophecy. So you can choose. Even chapter by chapter, sometimes you may not choose the whole book. Or choose a shortened, shorter book on the New Testament, easier. But you cannot just run the program all the time, chapter by chapter, because it will look quite boring too. Unless the participants in the Bible study, they are all very rooted, they are prepared, they have something to share, then the Bible study will become very interactive. Right? Interactive. Now the second thing to do is doctrinal study. Doctrinal study should be included in the, in the program. Of course, not every week you do doctrinal study. But every quarter, every semester, you should have one or two sessions which is devoted to doctrinal study. And when the doctrinal study should not be like a one-way talk, ask the preacher to, 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 to give a sermon on one, one through church, and then everybody just sit there listening and, and fall asleep. It should be, tell them to tell a different person to prepare. Right? They be prepared themselves and then let the other side to act as a truth seeker, ask questions, and then even sometimes can, they can debate. Right? Just like what we're doing right now in the Senior Youth Fellowship. It's better than I tell you the whole thing and then actually listening is not anything. Right? Oh, even debate, because what we need now is 
being challenged and know how to answer. Right? So doctrinal study is definitely a good idea for all ages, all across the, the spectrum. Whether you're senior youth, working youth, fellow fellowship, even senior, those are very practical because doctrine is the basis of word of life. Right? Okay, the third thing is special topic or topical studies. According to the age group, right? What do they need to know? What is the interest? But you cannot do special topic all the time. Why? Because if you do special topic all the time, that means it's not special anymore. Right? Secondly, you're running out of topic. You keep running different, oh, maybe you run 10 times, 20 times, you run out of topic. But when you study chapter by chapter, and then that chapter may bring an interesting topic. Right? Or character study. Character study is another interesting thing you can, you can do. So those are the things you can put in your program in terms of God's Word. Now, in terms of Bible study in the fellowship, what we try to avoid, very important, as a coordinator or your participant, do not involve in arguing and debating. Right? Do not involve in arguing or debating. If they are getting heated argument, then we should say, the one who conducts the study or the coordinator should say, okay, if there's two different opinions, we'll write it down, we'll ask preachers or ministers, and they'll come back to us, give us their appropriate interpretation. There's no point of arguing, debating here. Right? Secondly, what Bible studies should avoid digging into the unnecessary details. Some people study the Bible with a wrong motive. They don't try to get the teaching, the word of life. Remember, the word of God is the word of life. Change your life. But some people are not interested in what God can change my life. They study Bible, they like to debate the things which is very not important, not even important. And it's not recorded in the Bible. They don't even know because the Bible didn't say it. They don't, but they want to find the very detail of very questionable things and always question, oh, negative. Those kind of Bible studies are very harming the faith. You're confused. The more you study, the more you have questions, and the more you question about the Bible. Oh, the Bible, at the end, you don't know what you have done. Right? Don't taking in unnecessary detail, which is not the main point. You pick the bronze from the eggs,应该还是不是这样讲哦。中文是鸡蛋里面挑骨头,英文应该怎么,有没有equivalent的。做完找麻烦,在圣经里面找麻烦。圣经,哎呀,真的是这样讲吗?真的是这样吗?这个
It's not Bible study is meaningless. It's the way it was conducted. Right? And sometimes Bible study is one man show. <laughs> Just one right? At the end, at the last one minute, ask, anybody want to share? Hey, come on, you already talked 90 minutes. People want to go home. People want to go to the toilet. You ask people to share. No, 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 nothing to share. Close it, close it. <laughs> right? It's not like this. So that's why Bible study need Bible study leader need proper training. So those are the things. Now the last factor of the fellowship is fellowship must share love and care. We talk about the, the first two, right? First of share life, the word of life, and then we share the, the gospel to preach to others. Now fellowship must share love and care. 团契最重要的其中一个吸引人的地方是什么？爱心。团契没有爱，不会吸引人。if your fellowship do not have love and care, it will not attract people. Let's read First John chapter four, verse seven to eight. First John chapter four, verse seven to eight. First John chapter four, verse seven to eight. Let's read together. One, two, and three. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not know God, know not God, for God is love. Amen. Why do you want to go home? Or why do you not want to go home? Right? Some people have home, but they don't want to go home. Because when they go home, they don't feel love. So that's why some even prefer to live in the streets, right? You see some people, some young people, they are homeless. Why they don't want to go home? Because in the home, nobody cares for them. In the home, people abuse them, neglect them. So they rather sleep in the street, right, than going home. And why do you want to go home? Because, wow, in my home, there's somebody who cares for me, waiting for me, right, waiting for me, and love me, care me. So why do you want to go to the fellowship? Not because of you have to, but you feel you enjoy. Because people care for you. And there was a brother who testified he was in China. At the time, he was a university student. He wasn't that active in going to church. Maybe, okay, Sabbath day, and then one hour I want to go home. But you know what? After he go home, he always received some telephone call. That was 20 years ago. The, the fellowship coordinator will start to ring him, call him. Call him what? Hey, bro, why are you going so early? We have fellowship at church. Can you come back? Right? I said, no, 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 I've already gone home. He said, come, come, come. Tonight we have something to eat. That's why it's important. Fellowship needs to have food. Right? Nice food. Fellowship needs to have nice food. <laughs> Uh, and then next week, one day before the fellowship, hey, the brother got another call from another member. Hey, make sure to, tomorrow after church you stay. Why? Why to stay? Oh, fellowship, you know, we, we can't tell in. So what he, what he recalled was he wasn't that close to church. But you know, people keep calling him and inviting him. At the beginning, he, he didn't want to go. Right, 
but keep saying no to people really is really bad. So I said, okay, okay, I go lah, I go lah, I go. But after going for a few times, okay, he found out that the people really care for him. People are just like one family. People can share a lot of things together. It's no harm to go there, and people are genuine. And then that's why he said, "Wow, in China, in those days, the the campus fellowship, 好多人哦，青年团契好多人，都个一个抓一个，一个抓一个。你不来啊，电话一直响。If you don't come, they are very smart. They don't want as they don't assign one people to call you. They assign a few people to call you. <笑>你逃不掉。你这个人打完给你，改天要另外一个打给你，这个打给你。啊，你说哇，好烦哦，啊，不好意思推了。好了好了，我来了，我来了，不然的话的 call。Sometimes they don't even they even show up in the door. Why not? Because they live near the church in China. They show up at the door, grab them. Hey, come get into my car. Go, just go. 不好意思啊，他去了去了去了。And then later he became the one who tell people to come. Right? In in China, it's like that. The community is like that. Very active. 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 你一个人很热心，就会影响另外一个人也会热心。如果大家都抠抠的，都没得 care， 来不来管你，自己也不想来，<笑>那就越来越冷。总是要有一两个 starting from a few， wow the fire， yeah， you know for Jesus， God is love， you know I want to love each other， love your soul， love your， because we are we are one family， right？ If you don't come， I will I will miss you， I will I will worry about your faith， right？ I saw this youth only come to church one hour and disappear immediately. I will run after the door, run after him, and the door. Hey, brother, stay. I talk to him. How's your week, right? I come back, come, come, stay, talk a bit. This is the power of fellowship. You may not get anything from the sermon, but after the sermon, when people come and love you, then you feel being loved and cared. So that's why all of us here we are youth workers. So don't just focusing on the the things, but focusing on people. Especially after coming here for three days, your fire are rekindled. You grow in knowledge of Jesus Christ, and now it's for you to grab people, recall people, especially those who are already lost. Right? Already you don't see them a lot. Call them. Right? Fellowship must come. That is that is the things right? that. Bring people to Christ. Let's read this verse. Philippians chapter two, verse one. Philippians chapter two, verse one to two. Philippians chapter two, verse one to two. Let's read together. One, two, three. Encouragement from being united with Christ. If any comfort from His love. It is common sharing in the spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like mine, having the same love, being one in the spirit of one mind. This is what the fellowship can share. Right? Encouragement. There's a few words here, right? Encouragement. Fellowship is so. How do you love each other? They don't lack food, right? Okay, but you encourage them if they don't like food. If they're in the down, low, right? They fail an exam. You know, the family have issues. They were sick. The faith is down. You encourage them with Christ. 
comfort them if they're sad, right? If they, the loved one passed away. Oh, you know that one of the fellowship members, one of the relatives passed away. Let's say Mike, Mike Lee right now, right? His father, his, his uh, stepfather passed away. All the youth should go to him and contact him, call him up. You know him, call him up, text him. Go to his house. And say, hey, we as a youth group, we want to visit you, right? Bro, I know it's hard for you right now. Can we come? Oh, come, come out together. We have, a, we have, we have, we have, go to eat something and cheat, you know, comfort him. Right? Don't, don't just say, oh, I listen, I know his father, his stepfather passed away, but just pray for him at church. No. Not just pray for him. Pray for him is you need to do, but you need to reach out. Somebody who is sad. He lost a loved one. He's lonely, right? Common sharing in the spirit, right? What you, what you receive from God and what you receive sharing. A tenderness and compassion. This is the, the, the love. And then the love is there. Your joy will complete because you have one mind. Joy will complete. This fellowship is very joyful if we are loving each other. Nowadays, the problem of church, our church is, especially what I observe in this area, and a lot of peop- young people, they are not close to each other. Just come to church, but other church don't care. Just go, go home. Nobody, nobody cares each other that much before. I'm not saying that right now, right? But the previous generation, the generation above, maybe one or two, they hang out together, but they don't talk about spiritual stuff. They talk about sport car, movies, you know, clothes. They don't talk, talk, they don't talk about spiritual. And the group is segregated. There's no organized fellowship and then people do their own things and when they face temptation or sadness they fall by themselves nobody know nobody care but now we have to regroup it right fellowship care for each other that is become a net protection then the devil cannot steal one of us in the past the devil has stolen a lot of the youth because strong net of fellowship was not there to provide support you know what you're in your age group you don't want to listen to your parent that much is that right <laughs> because you know what your parents going to say right? he has already said one thousand times <laughs> you just you just want to say oh shut your ears right but in your age group you like to listen to your friends right your friend's words are more carry more weight than your parents sometimes. So that's why mutual support in the faith is very important. That's why the fellowship must be organized and properly executed. Right? And last point, fellowship must serve God together. Write it down. Fellowship must serve God together. Not only to learn God's word together, not only to share love together, not only to preach the gospel together, but must serve in the church together. 要侍奉,团契就是要侍奉。还有一起侍奉, you serve together, you learn how to serve together, not by yourself. Right? Let's look at one verse, right? Why? How do we know fellowship have to serve together? Let's read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. 12. The book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. Read together. 1, 2, and 3. The 
prophet, the evangelist, and the shepherd and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Amen. Building up the body of Christ is the purpose of the fellowship. Why the body parts, different body parts are joined together? Because they're supposed to function together and make the body grow. The church grow and then you grow. You serve God, the church grows, and individually you also spiritually you also grow. So fellowship is not just to have fun or care each other. Fellowship can take up some work in the church. Right? That's why I, uh, what kind of program can provide some program, can take up some small project given by the church council. If the church council give you, oh, this youth, this youth uh, fellowship, you take care of this, let's say picnic. The church is going for a picnic. But the church council say, okay, the GA may tell you, this youth fellowship, you take care of preparing all the drinks, all the food, right? You take care of it. Or tell the fellowship, you're designing all the activities, right? The GA say, after the food, you guys will design activity. And then you, you prepare it. And this is to take up. Or before the ESSC, a GA can tell this fellowship by what we want to do cleaning. But can this fellowship in charge of the cleaning, general cleaning in the church before the ESSC? Look at our church. So a lot of places are dirty. Nobody touch it during the regular cleaning. Right? Can your fellowship take over it? Oh, sure. And you're the coordinator. What can our fellowship help? When there's wedding coming up, funeral coming up, ESSC coming up. Or can our fellowship go out to deliver, uh, distribute the leaflet? Right? You have printed 100 leaflet, nobody take it out. We go to bring it and then distribute it. So the fellowship can actively take up some work. That's how you grow together. Not just sit here and, and then have fun together. Right? So those are the things that we can do. And of course, have to be initiated by the Sometimes initiated by the board and sometimes initiated by yourself. Uh, so those are very important to serve God together. So we have, we have talked about so much. Hope you have taken notes, especially if you are the one who are planning. So I strongly suggest if you are planning your program, you need some advice, talk to the local, your resident preacher because they will have experience on how to guide a fellowship. Don't just run it on yourself and then when you run out of steam, and then you, you discourage. Always talk to the resident preacher. Ask for support. Right? And don't go, don't go for the direction you think. You ask spiritual direction. Okay, let's conclude our class. Let's all kneel down and pray together.